Hello everyone. Join me, a small medium at large, as we explore the world of spirit, energy, tarot, mediumship, psychic abilities, angels, oracles, paranormal activity and basically anything downright spooky. If any, some or all of those things interest you, then you've come to the right place, my friends. I'm Melanie Mahmood and welcome to the Spirit Level Podcast. Hello, hello and welcome to episode 6 of the Spirit Level Podcast and it's still freezing here in not-so-sunny Sheffield. It was about minus 2 I think last night so I hope wherever you are you're keeping warm, you're keeping safe and you're keeping smiling. News from Kitten Corner, the villain Binks has cost us 750 quid in two new carpets and flooring that need replacing so... uh, He's in the doghouse, so to speak, but uh, it's a good job I love him because uh, otherwise uh, I'd be selling him to somebody by now, but uh, he's staying, so we just need to put right what he's done wrong. So uh, if you have pets and you've suffered this kind of destruction, then uh, I'd be grateful to hear from you so you can give me some advice. So coming up in this week's episode in Crystal Corner, our featured crystal is Emerald. Mr M has once again been guarding your questions, so we'll see what subjects come up this week. We have the second part of my interview with Stephen Smith from Chi Living Yoga. And in Time for Tarot, our featured card this week is the Hierophant. So without further ado, let's get on with the show. It's Crystal Corner time and today we're going to talk about the beautiful emerald which is part of the beryl family which basically means that it grows its crystals in a hexagonal shape and it's the birthstone for me so it's heavily linked to Taurus and also the planet Mercury which is the planet of communication so signifies strength in communications on all levels it's historically always been a precious gem across the world and I think that's because it's heavily linked to love and relationships so it's the stone of successful love it brings loyalty and domestic bliss it keeps partnerships in balance and legend also states that it will change colour if somebody has been unfaithful so being green which is the colour of the heart chakra, it all links in very nicely and physically it does look after the heart, the lungs, the spine and the muscular system. So it also helps and aids with the recovery after infectious conditions, helps sinuses and eyes and improves vision and can detox the liver, helps diabetes and rheumatism. But on a spiritual level, it stimulates mental clarity and clairvoyant vision awareness of the unknown and the consciousness. So it's a bit of an all-rounder and it's also very, very beautiful. You will no doubt have seen uh, emeralds around in jewellery and in their raw form, they're not quite as shiny, but still as powerful. It's a very happy and very friendly crystal. So that's all about emerald. The more astute of you will have noticed that apart from citrine, where we're slightly cocked up a bit at the beginning, we are actually working our way through the alphabet. So next episode is all about fluorite. And now it's time once again for your questions. So over to Mr M. 
Thank you, Mel, and a big thank you to everyone who has sent a question in. Your first question this week comes from Michelle, and she asks, are there other ways to communicate or sense spirit other than clairvoyance? Well, traditionally, there's, there's five ways of, uh, of sensing spirit, and clairvoyance just means clear seeing, but when you get into this kind of work, there's, there's traditionally regarded to be five means of communicating with spirit. So there's clairaudience, which is hearing spirit, clairsentience, which is kind of just knowing what the emotion and, and the message is. There's clairgustance, which is tasting things, and clairalliance, which is smell, which is quite a common one because I've often smelt cigarette smoke or cigar smoke for somebody who used to be a smoker. Uh, tastes quite an unusual one uh, and I've only ever come across that uh, a couple of times myself where I've tasted the the drink that that particular uh, soul used to enjoy so I've tasted whiskey in a reading um, but it's basically a mixture of all five but there are other ones but they're the main five that that come when you are communicating with spirit. Thanks Mel. Uh, your next question comes from Des who says or asks, should I say, do you feel tired after doing a reading? Yes, I can do, because obviously it's an exchange of energy, so a lot of my energy is being used by spirit or being used in a reading. Um, it's taken time over the years. I've got resilience built up, and if anybody out there has ever been to Stansted Hall and done a week's course in reading over there, um, Weepy Wednesday was the day that was <laughs> regarded the time where everybody broke down a little bit and was a bit over-emotional because it is exhausting if you're doing it all day, every day. So uh, you do have to be a bit careful. But yes, you can feel tired, but uh, it's a nice tired. Thank you, Mel. And our final question this week comes from Alison, who asks, what deck of cards would you advise someone to use if they are just starting out? Oh, good question. So if you're just starting out on tarot reading, I would always advise to use the Rider Waite Smith uh, traditional deck, first and foremost, because it's really visual. So there's lots of clues and lots of things you can really dig into, into the pictures on the actual cards and what they depict. And most translations come from that deck of cards, which has been around forever. Any other deck just copies that really. So if you start with the basics, then you can move on to, well, cat's tarot or Egyptian tarot or whatever floats your boat really. But I would strongly advise you to start with the Rider Waite Smith uh, deck first of all. Get your grounded and your foundation there and then you've got a solid foundation of knowledge to move on with. Thank you, Mel, and thank you once again to everybody who has sent questions in. Just before we list the means of contacting us, Mel, do you remember a couple of weeks ago you received an email from a gentleman called Martin? Yes, I remember Martin. Do you remember what he asked you? He wanted some help with uh, an upcoming job interview, so I sent him a little spell just to give him a little a bit of a boost and uh, it was a very simple one, and uh, I just sent him that reply. Spot on, yes. Well, uh, Martin has been in touch with us. He sent us an email, uh, and he says, Thanks, Mel, for the advice and the spell. It worked a treat, and I got the job. Oh, that's fantastic, Neil. Well done, Martin. 
So uh, if anybody out there wants a bit of advice or a little spell to help them on their way, providing we're not messing with somebody's free will, I'm more than happy to help. That's great news. Thanks, Mel. And here's how to get in touch with us. Thank you to everyone who's submitted a question. There are a number of ways you can get in touch with us. You can get in touch with us via email. Our address is thespiritlevel22 at gmail.com. On Facebook, on groups, search for The Spirit Level. On Twitter, search for thespiritlevel.co.uk. Our Twitter handle is at thespiritlevelu, which is a capital U. On Instagram, search for Melanie Mahmood. And in addition, there are a number of resources for you to download and access on our website, totally free of charge, on www.thespiritlevel.co.uk. We look forward to hearing from you. for joining us for part two of the interview with Stephen Smith from Chi Living Yoga. We're going to go straight into it where we're going to talk about um, my experience of your class, Stephen, as one of the major effects that it had on me was not just having time for myself um, and the experiencing uh, really thinking that I physically can't do what you're asking me to do. I'm automatically thinking, oh, there's no way my body's going to do that. And then within two, three minutes, I'm actually doing the pose that you've you've shown us, even some of the really what I would consider to be quite difficult ones. Yes. So it's it, it's an amazing sense of achievement for me. Is that a common thing uh, with, with yoga and, and continued practice? Definitely it is, uh, both in short term and in the longer term as well. So sometimes that, that sense of achievement comes within one lesson. Like you say, you, you, you know what, I'll, I'll say, okay, we're going to move on to this or we're going to try and modify this pose in a yeah. certain way and you'll find it challenging and people think they can't do it and then they find they can and they feel brilliant about it. Yeah. And sometimes it's, um, I mean, you, you, you know how my classes work. We don't do the same thing week in, week out. And sometimes we'll, we'll take weeks, sometimes even months to work on a pose and it takes all that time to get to it and then people are like stuff that they would never have dreamed of, of being able to do and they can do what you know because we've worked at it and worked at it and worked at it and that's a brilliant experience for people and, and it's a brilliant experience for me I love seeing it happen and you're quite subtle in it because I didn't even realize that you were doing that so you, you're watching <laughs> us all the time so that's nice to know I, I once knew someone, Stephen, who was, was frightened to do yoga because they'd been told by their church minister that it was dangerous spiritually. And, and I kid you not when I tell you that. I was absolutely yeah, gobsmacked no. when she told me this. And it was fairly recent as well. So what would you say to somebody who's been told that yoga's dangerous, whether it's like a, a spiritual or, you know, almost demonic kind of yeah. feel to it? it, it it's a... It's a um... It's not an unusual thing. This um, I, I had to have a I had a, a telephone interview with a local vicar because I wanted to hire a church hall to do a to do yoga, yoga class, wow. and, it, and he wanted assurances that it wasn't you know that what we were going to be doing. Um, so it's 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 not as unusual as you might think. Um, I mean, the main thing that I would say here is that. It's a common misconception, but yoga isn't a religion. Not at all, no. It, you know, it, it has spiritual 
elements to it. And some teachers emphasize those spiritual elements more than others. Yeah. And some students choose to, to explore that part of yoga more than other people do. Um, but it's, it's not a religion. It's not a faith. Um, I mean, what, what I would say here is it, 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 what it highlights in a kind of bigger way is the, the fact that I, I think we've got a, everybody's got a responsibility to find out more about how other people live their lives and other cultures. And, 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 and because people don't know that, they might be going, oh, blinking it, you know, that sounds a bit, that sounds a bit mystical and a bit, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, on a lighter note, what I would, what I, I don't know whether I've ever told you this story, but we once had to change venue uh, for just for one week, and I ended up going to another church hall. A friend mm. of mine, his grandma was the key holder, right. and I went and got the keys off her, and we went into this church hall. And about fifteen minutes in, the door like creaked open. And it was this grandma, she was like in her 90s. And I, and I opened her, I said, come in, come in, come in, it's fine, have a look, see what's going on, you can join in if you want. She said, well, I didn't know whether to come in because I didn't know whether you'd have any clothes on. Oh. <laughs> was she disappointed I, you weren't in the NIF? Yeah. <laughs> and I thought, yeah, but, and it, it's funny, but it's like, it, it does illustrate that people don't, don't know. know, oh, what's, yeah. what's, what's all that about, you know? And so, you know, it, all I would say to somebody if they ever find themselves in the, in that position is talk to a yoga teacher. Yeah, just ask because no, it's just, just not knowing, isn't it? Yeah. So the COVID nineteen and the restrictions as must have hit you and your traditional classes uh, that you used to hold really hard. But um, I know that you've been adapting what you've been doing. Do you want to tell us about how you've adapted your practice and what you've been doing to get to get Chi living out there? Yeah. Well, uh, um, as as you say on the within a day yeah i went from having 14 classes a week to having no classes a week um you know in just like overnight um so i mean i i know you you you, you as part of your podcast here you, you're talking about positivity and positive energy and, and and i made a decision more or less on that day was that i can either get really fed up about this and decide that my business has got to fold and I, or, or I can decide that it's going to be a positive thing and I'm going to put yoga out there for as many people as I can and it's not going to make me money but it, it's, going get it to, out there. it's going to be out there for yeah. people to support them through through what is a challenging time for everybody. So I, I started hitting YouTube really really hard putting classes out on youtube putting classes out on zoom and like four classes a week on zoom um and 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 going into like getting stuff out on social media a lot more as well with with the aim purely of making giving people the opportunity to get the benefits of yoga and mindfulness that i got for myself um at a time when i thought people would probably really really need it um and and it, it you know it, it's been amazing how much that side of things has taken off um and in in the, the beginning of january i did a 31 day 
challenge. So for every day in January, I put a new video out wow. for people to get into. And it, it's been, in fact, I was, I was adding it up earlier on for something else, for a post. Yeah, the videos, so there's 31 videos out there and they've been watched a total of 5,621 times. Absolutely fantastic, Steve. Um, Brilliant. Which, which, you know, and, and I've had people who, who I've, n- I've never met contacting me and saying, this has been fantastic. It's, you know, talking about achievements. I've never done yoga before, and I've just done 31 days wow. on, the, on the trot. You know, and, it, and it's just been amazing, just been so fantastic. I'm absolutely delighted to see that, that it's moved that way, and that when you know you're coming out of the lockdowns, and uh, and you've built this this community, which I hope is going to continue. Yeah. So thanks for joining us today, Stephen. And if you'd like to see Stephen in action and join him on his yoga and mindfulness practice, I can highly recommend it, no matter where you are or what physical level you feel that you're at, because trust me, he's got a class for everybody. So he can be found on YouTube. Look for Chi Living Yoga, and I'll put all the links to his social media and his website and his contact details in the episode notes if you want them so thank you so much for joining us Stephen. wish you, you all the best and i'm sincerely hope i'll see you soon yeah let's hope so it's time for our journey into the tarot cards and this time we are going to be looking at card number five the hierophant so ladies and gentlemen it's time for tarot so we're looking at card number five which is the hierophant also known as the pope so the hierophant is seated on his throne between two pillars symbolizing law liberty or obedience and disobedience He wears a triple crown and the keys to heaven are laying at his feet. So what is the meaning of this card? Well, where the empress and the emperor signify personal power, the hierophant stands for societal structures. So tradition and convention and systems, so government, marriages, anything like that that is external to the personal experience. Can also mean a teacher or a counsellor or someone who will help in the teaching or education of the sitter. It can sometimes have quite a judgmental feel and energy about convention and having to obey the rules. But in general, in an upright position, the hierophant means education, learning, expansion, marriage, religion, seeking counsel or advice, spiritual guidance, etc., So it's um, a very traditional kind of feel to the energy here. In reverse, it means the exact opposite. So it can mean an abuse of a position or a breakdown in that kind of relationship with societal um, structures. So poor counsel or rejection of family values or religion, etc. But this element again is Earth. So Taurus, Virgo and Capricorn can be denoted in this card. So if it comes up in a reading those people under those star signs are particularly affected by it. But that's the Hierophant. So it's all about society and where your sitter sees themselves in that kind of situation. And in the next episode, we're going to be meeting the lovers. Well, 
Well, that's it for this episode, folks. A big thank you to Buzzsprout for hosting us, as usual. Our thanks to the folks at Ophonics and Audacity for their technical help. A massive thank you to Stephen Smith from Chilavi Yoga for being on the show. To my producer, Mr M, for his help and continual support and patience. And finally, a massive, massive thank you to all you listeners, wherever you may be, for your continued support and your lovely messages. Please, please subscribe and review our podcast. Your feedback will help us massively. It helps us improve. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and CastBox or via your podcast provider. Until next time, love and light to you all.